Good morning, everyone. Hey, last weekend was a bunch of fun to um, pile into some cars and take a whole bunch of young people up to the uh, new church planting effort that's taking place up in Toowoomba. And we've been, like um, Scott said, over the last few weeks, going revisiting Luke 10, where it, um, you know Jesus said, go out and do this stuff. And then the testimony of their experience of going doing stuff was that they returned with joy and they recounted what God was doing where they went. And they came back and they shared that with the, uh, with the community of Jesus that they were a part of. So there's a couple of the young guys that went up last week who were going to come and share with us just for a little minute some of the things that they got to do and see. So who's going to kick off? I'm trying to remember the... It was... Okay, so Nate, Cobes and Max were three of the names that... Oh, Isaac... Ethan, <laughs> all right, guys, come on down here. Why don't all, all of you just come down here at once? So um, that's the way. Come on down, Max. All right, who's going to kick off? Who wants to kick off? You want to go first, Max? Okay, all right, Max. Max is going to just share with us a little bit about where we went, what we did, and what he saw God doing, and what he did. Well, last week, as you know, we went up to Toowoomba. We went there, saw the service, and then we prayed for them to go. To do Jesus. Yeah, to do Jesus stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And then we did like this church barbecue and met the people at the Toowoomba Vineyard Church Plant. Yeah, during the prayer time, uh, we had like a circle, I guess, and the youth and any of the adults that came with us, we just kind of surrounded them and started praying for them. The guy that I was praying for, like standing behind, um, he had gotten quite a few words during that service. Yeah, and then I got a word of, or a picture of just gears, like turning. And then I looked to the guy's shirt, and the second word on his shirt is his engineer. And that's all I saw. And I just thought, this guy is going to have something happen in his life that everyone's going to help him out with sort of thing. And I thought that was pretty cool. I got to to play in the worship with Chris, which is actually pretty cool. Um, It's something that I've, like, inspired to do for a while. Can't wait to do it on drum kit as well. It'd be amazing to play drum kit with him. Um, but yeah, the worship was really good. He's an amazing worship leader. But then the prayer time afterwards was something else. Like, never seen that before. Um, a lot of the Toowoomba people actually got smashed by the Holy Spirit. Like, t- tears were drawn um, during that time. And yeah, a lot of words from a lot of us as well as the Toowoomba people. Yeah, the Holy Spirit was just really there. So it was amazing. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Go and grab a seat. So anyways, after all of the fun of um, our young people praying and seeing the Holy Spirit land on all these people, um, there was a group of about, I think there was probably about 20 or 25 people there um, that are part of the church plant at the moment. And all of our young guys just got in a big circle around them and we just kept passing the microphone around and as the Holy Spirit landed on our guys, they would pray and prophesy things over them and it was all really fun. It was great to see the the Lord using these young people. Anyway, we're in the park afterwards having a barbecue and I I was actually walking back with um, 
a bit of a crew of them towards the cars and, and Max comes up to me and he goes, man, the vineyard, the vineyard. And I'm like, okay, what are you, you going to say, Max? He goes, man, the vineyard's known for two things. And I said, I'm like, oh, what's that? And he goes, effective prayer and industrial buildings. He's like, he's only ever been to a vineyard church in an industrial building. <laughs> I just thought, that's, that's so awesome. So, yeah, he's been to three of them. He's been to this one. He went to the one in Sydney at the Sydney conference. And then he just went to an industrial shed in Toowoomba where we met. It was really fun. So, anyway, I thought, oh, that's a good takeaway. Effective prayer and industrial sheds. This is what we're known for. Both spiritual and practical. <laughs> Both spiritual and practical. Hey, good stuff. Let's, um, let's, uh, let's spend some time uh, in the Bible this morning, and I'll get the uh, PowerPoint up there. Thanks, Isaac. And uh, this morning, I, I want to let you know that as much as right now there may be a lot of communication in our context and in our culture at the moment that would want to say that it's not okay to talk about Jesus, I want to just say, actually, it is. It's really okay to talk about Jesus in this moment of time in the Australian context and landscape. And yes, it's a crazy season, but at the beginning of this year, we had all of these people from Vineyard Churches Australia, from different churches all around the country, go to Sydney for a weekend to pray together. And the theme of that gathering was, ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask the Lord of the harvest. And so all these prayer type people got together and prayer people, when they get together, are interesting people. They're, they're, they kind of have this real burden in their heart that they're trying to express to God and to each other. And it's fantastic. I love it. And it comes out in all sorts of different expressions, in worship, in dance, in painting, in artwork, in like flag waving, you, you name it. It just all comes out and it's just this overflow of God, here's our heart. Would you come meet with us and then send us into what you're doing? So our theme was Matthew 9:38, which says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That was in February this year when you know, all these people from around Australia, vineyard churches came together. And so we prayed for the Lord to help us firstly to see his harvest field. In other words, God, open our eyes to actually see. You know, that's like the prayer of Jesus, really. When they asked Jesus, how do you go about doing what you're doing in John 5? He says, well, I, I do what I see my father doing. I, where I see my father at work, I join in. I, I partner with what my Father is doing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we prayed, help us to see the harvest and then help, help us to join in with where you're actually harvesting. Show us, Lord, what you're doing. Show us where you're harvesting and help us to join in. One of the things I love about being in relationship with Jesus and the kingdom of God is you don't have to be a rocket scientist to get this stuff. You just need to simply be available and invested in your relationship with Jesus and you'll find yourself in all of these kingdom moments. Well, as part of that prayer retreat, 
one of the things that the people of prayer did when they all got together is they actually went out on the streets down sort of where we were in Collaroy on New South Wales. We had this whole session where one of the guys came in and did a little bit of training on how to approach people in the streets. And he approached it with this question. He said, if you're just sitting next to someone on a bus or a park or in a shopping centre or you're waiting in line for a coffee and conversation strikes up, he says, this is a good question to lead with. He says, if God could do a miracle for you today, what would you want him to do? And it just peels open people's like, oh my gosh, here's my wish list. And then in response to that, it's just like, well, could we pray about that now? And so we sent out all these prayer people onto the streets and they're all running around the streets and across the beaches and they're having fun meeting all these people and praying with them. And then they came back and just great, gave this really exciting report. We did this and we saw this person and we spoke to that person and all the different contexts that they were in. And it was wonderful. I think God wants to let his people know it's okay to talk about him. It's okay to talk about Jesus. There's a lot of stuff right now that says, Shh, you can't talk about it. In fact, the statistics tell us otherwise, and I'll show you those in a minute. But personally, I know that for Nicole and I, this year, we've been experiencing many, many conversations with people who are not in a relationship with Jesus about him and that he's actually good news and I think it's on God's heart, even as he's pouring out his spirit all over the country and all over his church, that he's inviting us to open our eyes to see what he's doing and inviting us to partner with him in his harvesting field of seeing people come into relationship with Jesus. At the start of this year, I had no idea that every Wednesday night, someone, well, actually, someone started... Um, telling me that they were praying for all of these souls to get saved. Like they put like this, I don't know, it was a thousand or a million or something like that. It was up there. I'm praying for all these souls to get saved. Well, anyway, four of them, uh, four of these young adults just knocked on our, literally knocked on the life of Nicole's and my home and our life through primary relationships. And now every Wednesday night, we meet with these four young adults and we're introducing them to Jesus. Three of them have never, ever heard about the good news of Jesus. And now they're all saying, we want in. And so they're going to be here in a few weeks too. Like, because we're, like, we've, they've never even graced the doorway of, what's a church? What are, what are those things? And we're talking about all this stuff and we're praying together with them. And so I just want to let you know, and it's one thing to be praying, God, show me the harvest field, but look out when the harvest comes knocking on your door and says, can you help me find Jesus? Can you help me? Because you know what? Like, we're just like all of you. Everyone is busy. Everyone is maxed out with their time, their energy, their money, their, their life. It's all full, 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 full. Everyone's busy. Well, anyway, someone starts praying about all these people that want to get saved and... Four of them interrupt our life, literally. And our first thought was, this is not convenient for us. We're busy. We're full. We've got all these things on our plate. How, how on earth are we meant to take on this? Well, Jesus had a chat with us about that. 
And he said, I'd like you to. So what that meant was we had to firstly reorganise our calendar. Like, it's very practical, I know, but we literally had to get out our laptops and look at our calendar and then like, okay, for the next 20 weeks, we need to push aside Wednesday nights, okay, and everything that we would normally do there was Zoom meetings overseas and people that we're meeting locally and and we have to find room for that somewhere else because this space now is dedicated for this. So we had to get practical. Then we also then had to, on the daily, on the Wednesday afternoon, we also now had to somehow figure out how we were going to get, you know, from the end of our checkout at work, when we finish, and then rush home and cook a meal for these young adults so that we can sit around the dinner table together. So let's just add, add that in, you know, so that just adds another little bit of time, but it also means, heck, we need to revisit our budget. We don't have this in, we didn't have this in our budget, that we would now be feeding, you know, um, six people every Wednesday night around the dinner table when the budget was just for the two of us. So it cost us our time, it cost us, we had to manage our money, and we're just having to rearrange our life because Jesus wants people to hear about him. Where is God interrupting your life and sending people into your life? Where is he saying, hey, come over here and check this out. Follow me. We are here at the Vineyard, a people who are a Holy Spirit people, and we believe that he leads us into all things that he's up to. Now, let me just, I know the context right now is really like culturally, things are volatile. There's, there's a lot of volatility. There's a lot of, um, you, you know, you can't use this word. You can't say that word. It's, words seem to be very precarious. And so as a result, people say nothing and, and, and be, for fear of being, you know, rejected or, or cancelled. And so there's all of this, this dynamic going on. It's real. It's also a, a lot of uncertainty it's like I, I know that there's people in this room who are like next Tuesday, the RBA, they're going to be meeting and they're probably going to drop up another quarter of 2.25% 2. 2. 2. of interest rates are coming and that means this, this, this and where are we going to find? I know that's going on because most of Australia that has a home loan is wrestling with that right now. Uh, there's volatility, there's uncertainty, there's complexity about human relationships and how that works, and there's this, all this ambiguity. It's a really challenging time, isn't it, to try and walk just doing life, let alone trying to be these good news people in the midst of all of that. There's a lot going on. But let me just put up on the screen for you, thanks, Isaac, just a few things out of McCrindle, McCrindle's research. Australian researcher. This, this is a little bit dated, but um, he's done some more recent stuff, but ha, uh, these were the ones I could, could grab. This is from an, a, an, a research they did on the changing landscape of Australian spirituality and, and faith. He says, a there's a rising trend in, a, in Australia is that there is affinity for no religion. While one in five Australians, 22%, consider themselves as non-religious in 2011, the number has been rising 
with 3 in 10, 30%, considering themselves as non-religious in 2016. That's continuing to rise. Despite uh, not considering themselves as religious, Australians are increasingly describing themselves as spiritual, with more than one in two believing in God, spirit, or life force, and one in four having had a mystical or supernatural experience. So that means every other person that we meet, every second person that we meet, actually is thinking there is a God. (laughs) There's some supernatural stuff going on in my life, and I need to figure it out. Every other person, every second person, 70% of Australians believe the church makes a positive difference to their community. Just let that sink in. For everyone that's carrying a narrative right now in their head and believing that, oh, the church is just, forget the church. Actually, 70% of Australians think that the local church contributes to their community positively. That's telling a different story, isn't it, than the narrative that perhaps we might have adopted or been told. Actually, the church is doing a good work in local communities, and 70% of the community actually believes that. So the community, when they look at us as a people of Jesus, they actually think, those people are all right. Three-quarters of them think we're all right. They think we're doing a good job. They're not thinking we're whatever it is that the narrative's been told in a negative sense. A quarter of them struggle with us, but three quarters of them think we're doing all right. Three in ten Aussies are most likely to attend a church service if invited by a friend or a family member. And 90% of Australians believe in the freedom to share your religious views. That last one actually underlines the point that I'm trying to say here today. It's okay to talk about Jesus. It's okay to talk about Jesus. This week I had a, um, a young man stop in here at the vineyard. Anyway, he came in and um, it was a young man that I haven't, hadn't seen for a long, long time. He's 31 years old and when he was 18 years of age, he gave his life to Jesus here. I couldn't remember it, but he told me per detail, like to the shirt that he was wearing, the spot we were standing in the church, when God entered his heart... And when he gave his life to Christ and he said, I have never, I have not been the same person since that happened when I was 18 years of age here at the vineyard. And he's now 31, still pursuing Jesus and trying to figure out how to do life as a follower of Jesus. And I just thought, that's so great. But you know what? He wasn't 18 when he came here. You know how old he was when he first came here with his family? 
He was like about eight years of age. So between eight and 18, I just want to say thank you to every single person that prayed for that kid and took him in next door and invested in him through the children's ministry in this place. And every Sunday suited up to try and figure him out because he wasn't an easy character to love. He's a busy kid. He had a lot going on in his life, a lot of family dynamics that weren't easy. But you guys loved him, served Jesus, prayed for him. And at 18, 10 years later, gave his life to Christ and continues to walk with Christ today. That's quite a journey, isn't it? Often we think about coming to Christ as an event, a moment. It just kind of happens. Well, often it is a moment, but it's a moment on the back end of a lot of investment from people. If we could quickly jump onto the next slide, Isaac. The way that looks is um, there's there's an old tool that was was developed back in the 70s called the Engel Scale. And basically what... What's happening here is on the, le- on the left, number one, where people start the journey towards Jesus, where they've got no awareness of God at all, and slowly but surely get towards number 10, where they actually make a decision to give their life to Jesus. But before that, they go through the journey of having some awareness, they get contact with Christians, there's a bit of interest with, in regards to Jesus, a bit of investigation starts to pl- take place. The truth of Jesus starts to invade their life and their thinking. They start to realise, hang on a minute, there's implications here that are going to take place. They accept the implications and they surrender to Christ. That's 10 significant events. 10 significant events. that on. This is just like on average, just to give you an idea of what it's like when people are making the journey to Jesus. And then the dealio is that when they give their life to Jesus, they don't stop there. They actually then need all of us to then disciple them to do what Jesus does. Point 10 is only just, oh, hang on, I want to give Jesus lordship in my life. I want to be his student and be a disciple of the king. Who's going to teach me how to do that? Well, that's number 11 onwards. That's where we all get into the into the journey with them as well, helping them to grow up in Christ. It was a great moment. You know, I was so encouraged this week when this young bloke knocked on my door here at the vineyard. And, and so I want to say thank you to everyone who's over the years talked about Jesus and I would want to say please keep talking. Please keep talking about Jesus in your homes, with your families, in your workplaces, and here at the vineyard. Keep talking about Jesus. Keep talking about Jesus with every food parcel that gets handed out through the Vineyard Mercy Centre. So why should we tell people about Jesus? Well, first and foremostly, Jesus, he commands us and he says, go. Go and tell them the good news. Go. Go and tell them the kingdom of God's at hand. If you look in the story of Luke 9 and 9, or Matthew 9 and 10, we see Jesus activating people. And he says, go, tell them the kingdom of God has come near them. Articulate the good news. Heal the sick and drive out demons. Do the stuff of the king. Articulation, 
and doing the stuff of Jesus. He firstly tells us to go. You know, we're, we're really quick to share when we've discovered something good or new or is like the next best thing. Like our Instagram feeds are full of it. Like everyone's got this latest and greatest and, oh, I just discovered this. And Or like yesterday, I was just coming home from walking my dog and I go into my backyard where my daughter is converting it into a massive veggie patch and because she has this new love for growing plants and stuff and and I'm like that's amazing I just it just caught me all of a sudden I was like that's amazing so I took a photo of it and guess what I did with it I shared it with everyone I shared it and I don't know something like 300 people went like that's awesome and then like all these hearts are going bing 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 you know it's like we share good stuff is Jesus good stuff? Are we sharing Jesus? It's okay to share Jesus because he's good news. He's even better news than a picture of my daughter's gardens. He is such good news. He, he, he is good news. He's come to set people free. He's come to heal the sick. He's come to establish purpose and life and joy for people. The message of Jesus satisfies our spiritual hunger and our inquiry. I have come that you might have life. Jesus is good news. And a bunch of Aussies think that those Jesus people down there where they meet, they're actually all right. 76% of Australians look at us and they go, they're all right. You guys are good news. You carry good news. And that good news needs to be shared. You need to share it. Jesus invites you to come and share it. Now, most of us at a point like that, in a message like this, go, mm, I'm not good at talking. Let's just back the truck up a little bit and have a little go at this, all right? So let's go into um, the next slide, thanks, Isaac. How can we talk about Jesus? How can we talk about Jesus? Um, firstly, we, can, we don't even have to use words. Firstly, we can just use our actions, our life, our life choices, the way we choose to live our life. That speaks volumes to people, the way we choose to live life, what we do with our time and our, the way we do relationships, how we choose to spend our resources. That, that is witnessing a big story. That is like a megaphone, your actions, what are your actions and what are my actions doing to tell people about Jesus? I remember this one guy, his name in my story of meeting Jesus, his name was Dave, and he is a missionary. And he, for some reason, made it his task every time he saw me was to ask me, how is your relationship with Jesus, Kirk? Now, this is when I was a young man and I was sort of 18, 17, 18 years of age and his name was Dave he was a missionary and he would like on a Sunday night if I'd go near the church on a Sunday night he'd he'd be like ah Kirk's here and he'd just make a beeline for me and come over to me and say hey how is your relationship going with Jesus and I used to hate him for it <laughs> but that was his way of caring for me his actions 
to actually seek me out and come towards me. And he, he knew I was vibing him, like all the stuff in, in my silence and my posture, like, get away from me, mate. But he didn't let that stop him. He just kept caring for me and moving toward me. And he kept asking me about my relationship with Jesus. Well, I know it wasn't purely on his efforts alone. I know that as a 19-year-old young man at that point in time, as I reflect back on it now, there were a lot of people who had invested in my life the story of Jesus. From the days I went to Sunday school in Western Sydney in a little Methodist church out the back of Sydney in this little wooden hall, right through to that very moment. And not only people had taken time to organise their life to make sure that I was hearing the good news of Jesus for my life, but that there was a whole bunch of people praying for me as well. These people would get together in prayer groups and rooms, and they'd be God praying for our children, God, let our children need Jesus. Are you getting in the room? Are you praying? Are you... Are you hanging out with each other and calling, Jesus, we need to somehow let our actions, our activity tell the story that we think these people are important because you're good news for their life. Our actions tell us and tell those around us what is most important to us. The the Vineyard Mercy Centre is telling people all across the Moreton Bay region every week that God is merciful and he is there for them in their moment of need. That is a megaphone thing that's going out into our community. And you, you might feel like, oh, it's just us getting together and we pack some parcels and we... I'm telling you, this, this is... This is landing in people's lives, the good news that God is for them. That's why 76% of them are saying, these people, they're all right. And more than one in two are ready to hear why it is we do what we do. Sometimes we often feel we're not great with words or small talk and yet we find it great joy in being able to demonstrate our love for Jesus and others through our actions. What we do with our bodies, how we use our speech, the words that we use to refer to each other, responding to others in their moment of crushing need, caring for the aged and the young. Our actions say stuff about Jesus. Just on the next slide, thanks Isaac. Why do you believe in Jesus? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. I tell you, there's one thing that I hate as an Aussie, and that's being preached at. I hate it. But I love hearing good story And I love listening to real people tell me their story. I think Australians are fantastic listeners. There's a lot of grace on us to be able to hear people without judgment. When was the last time you had the joy of sitting with someone and sharing with them how you came into a relationship with Jesus and they knew they weren't being preached at? 
but they knew you were genuinely sharing your life story with them. When was the last time you shared that Jesus was good news to those that you're doing life with? Or can I ask the question, how comfortable are we at actually sharing our Jesus story? How comfortable are we? I think if we were going to, you know, be able to share our reason for our hope, as we do this with gentleness and respect to those around us, we demonstrate this by firstly being great listeners, not preachers, but sharing with people, listening to them in their moment of need. Most of the time that we um, invest with people is usually when they're in a moment of crisis or need. That's usually when we get together with people. Most of the time, at other time, it's fairly just kind of small talk. Moments of need and crisis is when we get to be with each other and, sh- and sit with people and listen, 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 listen. Good news people are good listeners who are then able to share the reason for our hope in a moment like the people, for the context of the people around us. What's our hope for them? Our hope for them is Jesus. Our hope for them is as we ask Jesus and pray, he will bring his kingdom. I think one of the most caring things we can say to someone in need, in their moment of need, is if we're uncomfortable with sharing our Jesus story, the most caring thing we can do along with listening, is we can then say, can I please pray for you? Can I please pray for you? And the majority of people will welcome that. In that moment. In that moment. Our reason. Do you have a reason for the hope that you carry? When was the last time you shared that with someone? Next slide, thanks, Isaac. Announce the good news. The kingdom of God is at hand. You can have, you are loved by God. You can have relationship with Jesus. There is a spiritual power and dynamic that gets released when we share out loud, God is near you right now. We were with this, uh, you know, the crew up in Toowoomba on, on the weekend, last weekend, and Kobe was actually standing behind the young bloke that he was talking about before and I was kind of on the other side of the circle but I could see the Holy Spirit on this young guy and so I just called him out and I just said mate God's touching you I can see his Holy Spirit is on you God is near you right now and at that moment the spirit it's it, I don't know something happened in that young bloke's life he I think he opened the door to the the presence of God just in his posture and then what happened was the spirit came flooding in with good news power, good news revelation of just how much God loves this young bloke's life. It was, it was so beautiful to watch. When we speak out loud, the good news of the king is near, something happens. Spiritual dynamics get released because it's not just words in this instance. Jesus says, when you go... Tell them, even after you've healed them, tell them the kingdom of God is near you. There's something that gets 
released in terms of spiritual power and dynamics that sets people up to be able to be freed to see Jesus in that moment. This is why those words are important. They're not just any words. They're the proclamation that Jesus said, if you're going to say anything, try saying this. The kingdom of God is near you. Romans 10 tells us, how will they call on someone when they haven't believed in him? And how are they to believe in him if they do not hear? There's something between people finding Jesus. There's something between our articulation that the good news King Jesus is here for you now. As we articulate that, that lands on people's ears. And between our articulation and it landing on people's ears, the Holy Spirit does something in people's lives to welcome that revelation that God is for them. How will they hear without someone announcing it to them? How will people make that announcement unless they are sent? That's why Jesus said to everybody as he's ascending ascending to be with the Father, his parting words were, Go! Get out of here and get on with it. You've got a message to bring and, and, and a ministry to do. How, and how beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news of good things. But not all obey the good news. Isaiah asks, you see, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of King Jesus. Lastly, let me finish with this. Um, next slide. Thanks, mate. Isaac. Personal invitation. Personal invitation is still the most effective way of inviting people to meet Jesus. They're waiting for our invitation to come. Believe it or not, they're waiting for us. That's why we are a sent people, anointed people by the power of the Spirit, to go and proclaim and go and do the ministry of Jesus. People are waiting. One in two Aussies right now are really waiting. Like they're really waiting for someone to just open their mouth about some good news that Jesus is actually good news for their life. John chapter 4, there's a fantastic story there of the Samaritan woman at the well where Jesus meets with her and after, after meeting with her and, and he asks her for a drink and she gets him a drink and he's like, you really don't have a clue who you're getting a drink for. And anyway, and if you drink the water that I give you, you'll have rivers of life, eternal life. And then, and then finally she realizes who Jesus is. He's proclaiming to her who he is. She hears that welcomes his lordship into her life. And the very next thing that the scriptures tell us in John chapter 4 is she runs home to her village. She runs back to her family and she says these words. She says, you've got to come and see this guy. Personal invitation is still, it's the biblical way, but it is the most effective means of inviting people into a relationship with God personal invitation, and they're waiting for us. Who likes waiting in line for anything? If I wait too long in line, I get frustrated. I think there's a lot of frustrated Aussies out there because they're waiting for someone 
would someone please tell me the good news that I'm longing for, that my life is looking for? They're just waiting for us. Personally, when was the last time you personally invited someone into your life, into your home, around your dinner table, to church, into small group? Hey, I'm going for a coffee. Would you like to join me and share? Like, when was the last time you personally invited someone? Remember, though, as the Holy Spirit leads you in that, it means you're going to have to reorganize your life to keep in step with what the Spirit's doing. I think in this season, I want to say to you, and I'll pick some more of this next week. We'll do some more on this next week. I personally want to say to you, and as the Spirit of the Lord is is on us, it's really, really, really okay to talk about Jesus. I want to take the blanket off that says it's not. The Holy Spirit is upon us because he has anointed us to bring good news. Let's stand and pray. And on that last slide up there, thanks, Isaac. This was how how the early church prayed because they felt blanketed. They were worried it was complex, there was a lot of ambiguity, there was hostility, there was all the things that we're facing right now in our Aussie context. The early church was facing it in theirs as well. And, and they got together and they prayed and they asked God for something. They said, God, now consider all of that stuff going on out there that seems pretty threatening. And it is. Now, considering all of that, would you enable your servants to speak, to open their mouths and filled with words, would you enable us to speak? And then on top of that, they say, and give us boldness. And the reason why they're asking for boldness is because they felt incredibly intimidated they felt because the context was trying to intimidate them let alone the kingdom of darkness wanting to shut down the message that's this is the prayer of the early church and i need you to know this is how nicole and i are praying in this season now the spirit of the lord's already here holy spirit more fill us lord Everyone in this room right now just that wants to like posture yourself to say, me, God, I want your good news story in my life to be articulated, to be shared, to be given away, to, to be good news for someone else's life. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. More. That's it, more. Let the Spirit of the Lord come upon you. He has anointed you to speak, to preach, to articulate good news. Now, I don't know everyone in this room right now, but what I am going to do in this moment right now is give everyone in this room the opportunity to give their life to Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, here we are, here I am. I thank you for for sending the good news King Jesus 
who lived the good news that your kingdom's at hand, that took on himself and in his flesh all of the sin of the world, and he broke the powers of darkness when he went to the cross. And I thank you that on the third day, Jesus, you rose from the dead and demonstrated that you are God. And I want you in my life, Jesus. Jesus, would you be my king? I give you my life. I give you my heart. I open myself to you right now in this moment and say, please be good news in my life. Be good news in me too. Let your kingdom come alive in me, Jesus. Come. And I, just, and I just thank you that as you're doing that, Lord, as some people in this room are praying that, maybe for the very first time, or maybe it's just been like, hey, I, I need to get back on track with you, Lord. And it's like you're praying it for the hundredth time. I pray that you would just sincerely now, God, let every heart know. Sin's forgiven. The slate's clean. New identity is here. You're a new creation in God and you've got good purpose in you and that's to be someone who brings good news. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to ask if you want this week, this is for those that can feel the boldness coming on them because the Holy Spirit brings boldness. (laughs) If you want this week, like in the next seven days between now and when we get together next weekend, if you are wanting that boldness that's rising up in your heart to open up an opportunity for you to invite, to share your story with someone, I want you to come out the front right now because I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit would meet you in that and you would see that reality eventuate. This week, in the next seven days, Lord, That's bold to ask, isn't it? But that's what the Spirit of the Lord does. He puts this yearning in us to want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. It's Jesus. So Holy Spirit, for those that are out the front right now, come, come, come Holy Spirit. Just let there be an anointing of your Spirit that brings boldness and power. (laughs) The good news, King Jesus himself. That's it. Thank you, Holy Spirit that our, our mouths would overflow with the good news of you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Jesus. We thank you that you're just stirring our hearts to want to join in with what you're doing in your harvest field to see people come into relationship with you, Jesus. And as we finish up now, and we just bless you in the name of Jesus to enjoy yourself this week following King Jesus, as his kingdom comes in your life. God bless you. I'm looking forward to the stories of next weekend of what Jesus will do this week.